and welcome to the Blossom Your Awesome Podcast, episode number 30. Today on the show, we have got leading personality expert and award-winning best-selling author, Merrick Rosenberg. Merrick is the author of Taking Flight and The Chameleon, his two books about the power of personality. Merrick is also the founder of Team Builders Plus and Take Flight Learning where he and his team have trained more than a hundred thousand people on using their personality to build better relationships and lead happier lives through Merrick's very own reimagined approach to personality styles. So you are either an eagle, parrot, dove, or an owl. Which type of bird are you? We are going to find out. I am so honored and delighted to have Merrick here. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sue. Been looking forward to it. I am so excited to have you here and learn all about your expertise. Um, so now, why don't we get started with your background and then how you got into this line of work? Sure. Well, it all began. I was working and uh, had this moment of awakening where I realized what a great thing it would be to be able to create an, an amazing culture for people in their organizations and teach people about themselves and went back and got an MBA in organizational behavior and started a team building company and didn't take long to, to discover that, you know, personality clashes are a big part of conflict in organizations. So learned about personality and personality styles way back in 1994 and just have been teaching people about themselves ever since. Wow. Now, let me ask you, were you kind of always just liked connecting with people or learning about people as far as you can remember? Was that always a part of you? Uh, Absolutely. I I think I was always about just, you know, in every organization I was ever in, whether it was a club in high school or in college, just about how people are leading and what kind of environment you're creating. Is this fun? Do people enjoy it? And so it was a very natural extension to create a team building company where you talk about creating a great culture where people can can love what they do and also be very successful. Mm, And now let me ask you, so were there moments leading up to this where you had jobs and you're thinking, okay, like I could do a better job leading this organization. I mean, did you have those moments? I, I did. I, I actually discovered team building while I was in college back or in grad school, actually. And, and I, I was like, wait a minute, you could get paid to build teams and, and teach people how to work together. So I went and got a job at a team building company. There were only about a half a dozen in the United States at that point. And it did not take me long to realize that this was one of the most dysfunctional group of, <laughs> groups of people I had ever seen. And I'm like, wait a minute, if they can be this dysfunctional as a team building company, uh, you know, this is this is not a good thing. So uh, it, it made it inspired me to go out and start my own business because I felt like, you know, they, they are incredibly dysfunctional and yet quite successful. I could do better than that. So that experience actually inspired me to go out and start my own business. Oh, wow. That is awesome. Now tell me, and we're going to get into this, but so how, you know, with different personality types, is it possible to build a successful empowered team with a bunch of type A's? 
Oh, absolutely. It's really about understanding each other's style and, and being able to tap into the strengths of the people on your team. I mean, it's, it's about respecting people and valuing people for who they are, but it's sometimes it's about recognizing that you may have some gaps in terms of what you need from a personality perspective, and you, you've got to seek that out in others. Okay. And then on a personal level, cause I'm assuming that this, you know, what you're teaching, we can apply this to our own personal, you know, relationships, right? So how do we find those gaps? If we're struggling with somebody, how do we learn to kind of acknowledge, wait, okay, this is something's missing here. Or... Well, the first thing is to understand, I, I, I've taken the four styles, four personality styles and, and created a system that's very easy to remember. And, and, and apply. And so I'll show you how you would use that. And you could use that whether it's at home or at work. And so I took what has been an alphabet soup of letters and tried to make it more visual. So I'll give you the, the four styles and you can see if you can, uh, you can see how these would apply in a team perspective. You've got eagles and eagles are, are confident and they're assertive and they take charge and they want to win and they're direct. Then you've got parrots. You picture parrots, they're talkative, they're fun, they're social. They just want everybody to be happy and having fun. You've got doves who want everyone to get along. They're very compassionate and soft-spoken and harmonious and they're good listeners, very empathetic. And then you've got owls that are logical and analytical and detail-oriented. And so, you know, if you have those type A people tend to be the eagles and parrots, they're fast-paced, things are moving, they like action, they're decisive and spontaneous. Whereas the type B people are owls and doves. They're more laid back, they're more calm, they're more relaxed, they're good listeners. And so it's really about understanding who you are and who the other people are on your team or maybe in your personal relationships, whether it's a spouse or children. It's understanding yourself and understanding them, understanding what they need. And now do you find... I would imagine this to be the case, but you um, confirm this for me. Do you find that people are um, not clear on what personality type they are? You know, it's funny. People are very accurate in terms of identifying their style because they can take an assessment. They can figure out their style. And people usually are, are pretty darn accurate in terms of figuring out which one of those bird styles they are. And we're all a combination of all four. I'm a, a parrot eagle. So you could be a combination. Um, it, but they're they're incredibly inaccurate in terms of understanding how effective they are. You know, I always, I love asking an audience, raise your hand if you're in the top 25 percentile of, of performers in your organization. You can imagine pretty much everybody raises their hand, which of course tells me that unless I've only ever met the top 25%, People are very inaccurate in terms of identifying how effective they are, but they're surprisingly accurate in terms of identifying their personality style. Okay. That's really, I find that interesting, but wow, that's amazing uh, to know. Now, of course, I have to ask you, Merrick, because you are the CEO of one of the fastest growing companies. What personality type are you? So mine is the parrot, which is very outgoing and talkative, which is why I love to be on stage and, and interacting with audiences, but also the eagle, which drives the business side of me, founding an organization and growing a company and, and, and 
helping people to learn and grow. So those are my two core styles. But you can imagine, I, I there's an expression you have to staff your weakness. So I surround myself with with owls and doves to make sure that uh, we are paying attention to the culture, which is what doves do. Making sure that we are are doing things accurately, which is what owls bring. They bring process. So a, a good leader will make sure that they. They staff their weakness and they they fill in for those gaps around them. Mm, I love that. And God, if we could just do this in life, like if we could pick and choose our owls and parrots and doves, right? <laughs> no, we can. I mean, we do this even in our personal relationships. I mean, if you think about our spouses, there's an expression opposites attract and, and, and we are, are so consistently drawn to our opposite. If you, you think about from a personality perspective, eagles and doves tend to be married most often and, and parrots and owls, because it's like, we think they complete me. They're my other half, it's like yin and yang. And so, so we are often drawn to people who are different from us because they bring something else to the relationship. Mm, now tell me with the team building. So how does that um, walk us through that process to kind of get that perfect team all in alignment and all to kind of see it with the same eyes or the same goal? Sure. Well, we might think that the best possible team is the team that has a little of every style. And, and to a degree, there's some truth to that, that if, if you have that diversity, there's power in the fact that people think differently. But what's really important is just recognizing that we each bring something else to the equation. And, and the most effective teams, they honor people's styles and respect people for who they are. They value the differences. They tap into people's strengths. And, and maybe you have a team that has one or two styles because that's what they do. If it's a sales team, maybe you have a lot of those parrot eagles. If you have a group of nurses, I tend to see lots of doves. You know, owls are often the that logical, analytical style that's in IT or finance or Eagles. I, I sometimes work in a hospital. You have eagle doctors and and doves who are the nurses. And and if it's just a matter of taking that team and recognizing that each of us brings something different to the team, and that we have to value that as opposed to judging people because they're different than we are or who would approach problems differently than we would. Let's respect people who are different and actually seek that out because they're going to add to the team, not to, not detract from it. Mm, I love that. Now, tell me, so, you know, because we hear this thing, like people can't change. Now, in relation to personality, how is that? Is that true or false? Well, our styles absolutely do change over time. I, I work with just as many people who say they look at their graph and they say to me, wow, I, this is exactly what I would have been when I was 15 years old. Uh, as I have just as many people who say I'm so different now than I was even five years ago. And a lot of times the role that we're in in our life situation, it brings out certain traits. And the more you display a behavior, the more hardwired it becomes and the more your style actually does change. So it, it, the belief that, that our personality is just fixed, we are who we are, really isn't true. We, uh, you know, there, if that was true, there wouldn't be such a thing as maturity, right? We mature, we grow, we learn. And sometimes that changes how we see the world and how we act in it. 
Now, how about some actionable tips for somebody who has some traits to their personality that they don't love or they want to enhance or, you know, let go of or do better in some way? Well, there's two core things that I would tell people. One is don't impose your style on the people around you. So a lot of times what happens is we think, well, this is how I like it. This is how they would like it. So you have an owl who provides you with a tremendous amount of detail. If it's at work, they give you all the specifics of exactly how they want you to do a project. If it's at home, it could be a spouse that tells you exactly what to do and how to do it. And you've, in either place, you may feel micromanaged, like you have no freedom, especially if you're a parent who just wants to be given the goal and said, yeah, I'll figure it out. Let me do it how I want to do it. I'll make it happen. So we have to be careful that we in, we're not imposing how we would do things on other people. The inverse of that would be a parrot who provides very little detail, talks to an owl who wants a tremendous amount of information and just says, here's the goal, go for it. That's not treating the owl the way they need to be treated. So the first thing I would say is make sure you're not imposing your style on others. Mm. And, and the second one is, is to don't overuse your strengths. You know, if you take your strengths and you overuse them, your strength becomes a weakness. If you're an eagle, your directness can become blunt and insensitive. If you're a parrot, your optimism becomes unrealistic. For an owl, your logic, your detail orientation can become perfectionism. You become very critical. If you're a dove, even imposing too much caring and compassion can become smothering. And so the, the key to using our style is to use the strength, but don't overuse that strength to the point where you push it into the red zone and now it no longer serves you. So those are the two big things that I often share with, with, with audiences and, and in my books. It's don't impose your style on others and also don't overuse your style. Use it well. Mm, I love that. That was so um, just beautifully put because there's really those extremes. And um, thank you for that. It was so clear and <laughs> descriptive. And I love your eagle, parrot, owl, dove. Um, that really kind of lays it out there. Now, can you see your style? Like, as you think about the styles, I'll show you how, how, you know, a lot of times we can just look at them, even just knowing them for a short time. Like, what do you think your style would be as you hear, as you hear about the four birds? Oh my God. I don't know. I would have to, I feel like I'm a little of everything, but that's just me wanting to have credit for everything, <laughs> all the good qualities. Well, there is what I refer to as the chameleon. And that's really the goal. The goal is to, to be so flexible and adaptable that you do what you need to do in that moment. So when you need to be direct, you put the eagle hat on. When you need to be empathetic, you put on the dove hat. When you need to make sure you're doing things accurately and there's quality in the work you do, you've gotta be the owl. When you need to you know, be enthusiastic and motivational and optimistic and upbeat, you put on the parrot hat. So, so we really do need all of them. And ultimately, that's what I, I talk about all the time is striving to be the chameleon so that you have the ability to just flex to whatever the person you're talking to needs or the situation needs. So, so that is the goal. <laughs> Be the chameleon. Mm, I, and I'm not saying I am, but I, you know, could see that I have some of those traits, but I would have to think about this deeper, but I, I think that's so beautiful. Your philosophy, you know, the fact that it's not 
fixed, right? It's not just, okay, you're this or you're that and allowing people to understand that, Hey, yeah, you can be all of it. You can be all of these things. And what happens is whatever is your natural style, because we all have like one or two, which are a little easier for us. They feed us. It's like, it feeds your soul. And, Mm -hmm. and when you are in that mode, it's easy. When you're working out of your natural style, it it takes energy. You know, when you talk about just releasing your awesomeness to the world, it, I always tell people, you have to be who you are. That when you're using your style, it will feed you all day long. If you're that parrot for me, when I'm out on stage, I it energizes me. I could, I could stand up there all day and talk to people and then get off stage and talk to more people. Whereas an owl, that might exhaust them. But what exhausts me is spending my days looking at spreadsheets and data. But an owl might say, look, I love the fact that I can can work with complexity and analyze information and make data-driven decisions. And at the end of the day, the owl goes home and they feel great. And so so you talk about just releasing that that awesomeness to the world. How do you do it? You've got to be using your strengths. When you play to your strengths all day, it's it's simple. It's like it feeds you. It, 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 it motivates you. You could do it without taking energy from you, but rather it will feed energy to you. Mm. Now, Merrick, let me ask you, because you're just um, so inspired. I can just, you know, feel it and hear it. And there's just so much passion here. And um what do you do? What are you doing for yourself on a soul level? Is there a routine? What are you doing to just kind of feel inspired day in and day out? Well, there really are a few things. I mean, one, I don't feel like my job is work. So even just, you know, spending time writing and speaking about the birds feeds me. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I, I said, if you enjoy your job, you don't have to work a day in your life. I, I really feel that. But on a, on a personal level, you have to ground yourself. And, and I, I lose myself wherever I travel. I pop into a yoga studio and I'm just me on the mat in that meditative space that just the outside world disappears. And it's just very grounding and centering. I think everybody needs to find that for themselves, a place that just Recenters you, regrounds you, and and I love the fact that I, uh, when I'm home, I can do yoga, but I can also pop in anywhere I travel and uh, <laughs> wherever I'm speaking, I find somewhere to go. Mm. And now, what is this like for you on a personal level? Is this kind of the ultimate fulfillment to get this feedback and know that you're inspiring all of these people? You know, what's funny is that. I, I tend to live in, in the corporate world. I speak at conferences around the country and around the world, but it's mostly for companies that bring me in. But, but what I absolutely love is that I probably get more emails and letters and comments and LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook and social media about how this has changed their marriage or their relationship with a son or a daughter. And, and that amazes me that, that even though I may often be talking about how to apply your personality and tap into your strengths in the workplace, people are bringing it into their personal lives and it's making a difference for them. I mean, and how great is that to have people say, this changed my relationship with my daughter or, or my spouse? I mean, that's just fantastic to be able to look back at your career and know you've had 
those moments is it, it's a great thing. Mm, wow. That is awesome. Now. And I think, you know, there's an aspect of it, obviously, because your philosophy, it's so um, human, right? You're saying, okay, the dove is compassionate and empathetic and, you know, the owl is inquisitive and you don't want to kind of overstep your talents and be mindful of others. So you're kind of teaching that in the workplace, which I think is just so powerful and so amazing because we're never really taught to do that in corporate situations. Absolutely. And in fact, if there's one statement I hear more than any other, it's, I wish I knew this before. And, and it's filled with sentences like, I wish I knew this before I got married. I wish I knew this uh, before I became a CEO or a manager or started working, or I wish I knew this when I was younger. It, it's what inspired me uh, throughout the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to come out of this with something positive. And I I wrote a children's book called Which Bird Are You? to help children understand their style. Because if we could bring this to children, how amazing would that be? I taught this to my kids when they were six years old, and they get it. They could meet somebody and in seconds say to me, that person is a parrot, or that is an owl, in, in seconds. And it's incredible. So I, I love the idea of just bringing it to to, to children, to that, that younger generation, so that they don't have to wait until they get into a company to learn this. They learn it about themselves earlier. Mm, I love that. And I think it's so beautiful that it's really, you're teaching, you know, it's not judgment, it's awareness around, uh, you know, those we're surrounded around how to kind of get the most out of it and have the awareness of what feeds and nurtures this person. That's right. And when you, when you get rid of judgment, when you get rid of anything, it always gets replaced with something else. And I, and I say that all the time. Look, the idea here is that we're removing judgment and what we're replacing it with is accepting others and valuing the fact that we're different. So instead of judging that we're different, let's look at each other and value the fact that you bring something else. And, and the fact that you think differently, how great is that? Because you're going to add something else to the equation that I didn't have. If I just had people around me that thought like me, and honestly, I don't need all the people around me. I need people who are going to share different perspectives. And, and it's the diversity of thought, of, of style and personality that, that really creates that whole team and, and that whole relationship because you, you're adding something new. Mm. Now... Everyone has one of these or two of these, and I hope not more than two of these, but I know at least one difficult personality type, whether it's in the workplace or, you know, friends and family, whatever that may be. What is that um, powerful guidance you can give us uh, to kind of begin to deal with a difficult personality type? Well, the first thing I would say is that that usually whatever is pressing your buttons isn't about you, that, that everybody is, 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 is having a battle that they're dealing with and you don't know what they're going through. So first of all, let's, let's take a step back and not judge them for a moment. And, and the reality is when, when you remove that, this isn't about me. It removes the sting and the personalness. So like the eagle who's in overuse, if they're a little too blunt and direct, that's really not about you. That's just about them overusing their style. Or even the dove who's smothering and maybe kind of codependent, like feels they need to do everything for you. That really isn't about you. It's not that they don't trust you. 
It's really, it tells you about them. So once you remove that, that component of, you know, the way they act isn't about me. So I'm not going to allow them to have the power to determine my emotional state. Like I'm, I'm not going to give them the ability to upset me. So let's just understand that, you know what, maybe they're, they're, they're fighting this battle and it's not yours to fight and don't internalize it and don't let them prevent you. Mm, I love that. I love that. I think, um, that is awesome. Cause we just, it's so easy to just take it personally, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, and we do, and then we internalize it thinking it's about us. And, and then now we're in conflict and there's drama, but when you remove all that judgment, the drama goes away. And now, you know, imposing our personality on others, how can we do less of that? Well, I I think the first thing is you have to understand two things. You have to understand who you are, and then you have to be able to read them quickly. So the most self-aware people are the most successful people. And, And they are successful because when you understand your natural strengths, you recognize when you're using them and when you're overusing them. And when you can read other people, you recognize what they need and so you can identify that I shouldn't be imposing my style on them. If I'm, if I'm an eagle and I'm very direct and I recognize that in myself, and then I could read that someone else is a dove, well, I can't be that blunt and direct with a dove or I might offend them. And so I have to not only understand that I'm an eagle, but I also have to recognize that you're a dove and I need to treat you how you want to be treated. So there's both the self-awareness and that other awareness that you have to cultivate so that you're not treating people the way you want to be treated, but rather you're treating them the way they want to be treated. Wow. Now, you know, I just, I think this is so cool, Merrick, that you know, so much kind of leadership stuff and things we read, it's about building yourself up, right? It's a, it's very kind of self-focused me, 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 where this approach is yes, honoring and recognizing your own traits, but you're having that deeper awareness around what's, what other people, what their traits are. Right. I, I think this is true. And most people take personality assessments they're very self-focused. It's only about self-awareness, but which is great. I mean, self, you, the most self-aware people are the most successful. I said that a few minutes ago, but, but the fact is that we need to also cultivate that sense of what the people around us need. That's how you really use that knowledge. It's not just about who are you, it's also about who are they. Uh, and it, it's funny, even in the kids' book, even in Which Bird Are You? I, I integrated that in. The children are not only gonna learn about their own style, but they're going to learn about the people around them and how to treat people the way they need to be treated, which is a skill set we all need, whether it's we're eight years old or 80, we need to know how to, how to treat the people around us so that we can build strong relationships uh, that are healthy and long lasting. And by, by doing this, by treating them the way they need to be treated, people like those people. They, they like to be be honored of who for who they are. So it's just, it's really so simple. If we just have to know, understand our style, understand who we're talking to and flex to what they need. 
Mm. And I think it's so cool that you're doing this for adults because we, so many people just kind of grow up and forget all about everyone else. But I think that's amazing. Um, I love that. Now tell me in a, you know, team building situation, what is the guidance you have, you know, hypothetical scenario, I'm putting together a team and I have uh, three too many eagles (laughs) or something, right? So how do I get everyone to kind of jive and work together? The key is to understand two things. One, who's in the room? In other words, what is the makeup of this team? We have a lot of one style, uh, but we also have to ask ourselves, who's not in the room? Are we missing one style? So Mm -hmm. in other words, if you looked at a team and you said, all right, we're missing the owl. Okay, we're going to need to make sure we we ask questions, a lot of questions before we just say, let's do it. We need to make sure we've evaluated everything and thought everything through. Or maybe you're missing the parrot. Maybe we have great ideas, but do we know how to promote them and get people excited about them? Or maybe we have, as you said, a lot of eagles. You have to be careful that you don't go from idea to implementation in 2.3 seconds. They might say, sounds good, let's do it. And so if you understand that you have a lot of one style or you're missing one style, then you make sure that those strengths don't become overuse. Eagles making rash, reckless decisions because there's just too many of them. Or you make sure that you're not underusing one of the styles because it's just not in the room and nobody has that voice. So when you're you're forming a team, it's all about understanding who's there, but also who's not there. And is there an abundance of that one style? That means there may be an abundance of that energy. So you just have to take a look at who's in the room and and try to get a sense of of what you need to do and what the potential blind spots, because there may be people missing. And now tell me, Merrick, what is next for you? What are you working on? Any other books? Um, I know you have your two books, Taking Flight and The Chameleon, or it's actually three books with the children's book, right? I actually have a fourth one, which is called Personality Wins, which uh, teaches people about how personality plays out in terms of presidential elections, which is kind of was a fun pet project for me to understand how, how we vote based on personality. We think we vote based on party and platform, but personality wins and it keeps winning all the time. So that's, that, that was a fun one. But, but what's next for me is, uh, is really bringing personality styles to not just adults, but to children uh, into school systems. We've created a curriculum for, for children and students uh, for schools. We created a, a children's profile uh, where children can figure out which bird they are. Uh, I've written the children's book. So what's really next is, is not just bringing it to adults, but it's also bringing it to kids and and bringing it to kids in school so they can learn it at a young age. I love that. That is so amazing. I'm going to have to go out and uh, get your children's book for some uh, kids. I I think adults would enjoy it too. I think, I think if we haven't learned these lessons as adults, I think we may find adults reading it to children. It's, It's for about ages eight to 12 or so, but younger, I think adults could read it to kids who are a little younger, but I, I have a feeling that, uh, while the adults are reading it, they're probably going to be absorbing the styles too. So I think uh, I think it'll be good for parents as well as children. Oh, that is awesome. Um, now tell me in closing, some, what is your hope or message or uh, wisdom you would like to leave us with? It's really to, just to shine the light of your style 
but just don't shine it so brightly that you you blind the other people around you. You have to let them shine their light too. And you do that by using your strengths and allowing others to share to share their strengths with the world. I love that. Oh my God, that was so amazing. Thank you so much. You have been so awesome and so insightful. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. 